Is there not an entire section on this subject? And no, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, it what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 but I checked out of the news cycle for about three days this week and watched no, listened to no podcasts, watched no news, um, just went down to Arizona to ReformCon 2019 and spent three days of just being edified by the preaching of the word, encouraging words from, uh, from pastors and, uh, and just other people that were were there to give encouragement got to meet my buddy ivy connerly for the first time face to face um got to connect with dusty marshall got I've just an amazing amazing three days that was so nice to check out of the news cycle for a little while so i really um yesterday when i got home i was sitting around thinking what am i going to talk about in my podcast this week i hadn't paid much attention to anything and basically i mean the way the news cycle is, I mean, who remembers what happened on Monday or Tuesday, right? Um, so, and, but, never fail, between good old social media and uh, President Trump, we got stuff to talk about, uh, and the news media. So, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about, first and foremost, if... <laughs> mainstream media, if you're still wondering why people don't trust you and you give President Trump every opportunity to call you fake news, there it is. You know, uh, Washington Post posts, so if you haven't heard, if you're living under a rock this weekend, uh, Friday or Saturday, I'm not sure exactly what day it was, President Trump put out some a tweet a teaser tweet for the invasion to that took out um, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Um, something big is good, about to go down. Something to that effect. But then Washington Post. Now, apparently this first, now you can see by the picture, by the graphic here, that uh, the, the headlines changed. So initially, what I had thought, was the initial headline is Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. Now, I guess originally, the original headline said something about terrorist. Something to that effect. Uh, terrorist in chief, that's what it was. And I guess some people complained about that. That was too offensive. They made it austere religious scholar, which is ridiculous. And so then they changed it to extremist leader of Islamic State. Let's just call it what it is. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, terrorist, blown in, blew himself up rather than uh, face United States troops. So that's the story that I understand. I don't know. I didn't get everything that happened, but 
this was ridiculous, which, but it did give a whole lot of fantastic uh, fodder on Twitter for people to um, just go after this headline. And uh, um, let me let me find a couple and and share these um, amazing tweets that went out. Uh, give me just a second. Again, any any other uh, you know podcast would have probably prepped for this stuff, but you know this is me. Um, let's just take a look here. Uh, let's see. Um, do 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 do. There we go. Wapo death notices was trending earlier today. Um, some amazing uh, people. Joe Devito uh, tweets: Osama bin Laden, father of twenty three, killed in home invasion. Ben Shapiro, I love Ben, but I've never read any Harry Potter, so I really have no frame of reference on this one. But Voldemort, austere wizard who overcame a severe facial deformity to achieve dark lordship, dead at 71. Jeffrey Dahmer, connoisseur of exotic and locally sourced meats, dies at 34. That's Josh Jordan. I don't know who that is. Um, let's see here. Let's find a couple others. Um Clown party animal and lover of children, John Wayne Gacy, viciously killed by U.S. government. Um, Bane city planner, Bane city planner who overcame physical pain to the level of play, to level the playing field, dies at 37. Uh, Saddam Hussein, successful politician, oil baron, and noted tough boss, dead at 69. So again, people went nuts, and and the media wonders why. I mean. To change this, not once, but twice, because apparently one was too offensive and the other one was just ridiculous. Um, so to find some kind of common ground in here, I mean, it's just, it, it's inconceivable, you know, to, to quote the Princess Bride. I just don't understand why media just continues to shoot themselves in the foot with ridiculous stuff like this wake up right just just do your job write the stories don't worry i mean he was a terrorist in chief this man was a murderer he was a terrorist at the first one worked but obviously i'm sure a few few muslims were offended so oh we got to change it to austere religious scholar what I mean, I can only hope that this was some kind of troll on the part of Washington Post. Obviously not, because they changed it again. So this was just, this was ridiculous. I saw this and I just like, but I did really enjoy, good job Twitter, um, way to, to take that up and, and run with it. My cousin even threw out a couple of them. Um, I couldn't find them in here, but of course they're, my cousin is not as famous as the rest of these people, so... Um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, financier, philanthropist, and friend to royalty, dies in austere one-room apartment. Uh, let me see if I can find my cousin's stuff in here. Um, Julius Caesar, dead. Never saw it coming. Jabba T. Hutt, businessman, entrepreneur, champion of racial diversity in the workplace, dead in sail barge mishap. This, <laughs> excuse me. This is a great one. You gotta love my cousin. 
President Kennedy dead after mind-blowing headache. Too soon, Matt. Too soon. Um, so, there you go. I thought there was one more. Uh, Ted Bundy, ladies' man. Volkswagen, fit, Volkswagen bug fanatic. U.S. traveler. Dead. <laughs> WAPO death notices. Hashtag. So, again. You know, it, way to go, guys, for just trolling this stuff. Because it's ridiculous. Media, social media, or mainstream media has to really get with it and figure out something because they're just continuing to go down this death spiral. And if you don't like President Trump calling you fake news, quit doing stupid stuff like this. And that's all I got to say about that. (coughs) Excuse me, sorry, I've got a horrible cold, so I'm going to continue on. So here, now we're going to get into some stuff that just really irritated me today. Um, Jordan Rice. I don't know who this dude is. Don't really care. But this somehow ended up on my Twitter feed, obviously because I was writing stuff about Kanye and so on, and I've been pretty uh, pretty vocal about how I feel about Kanye. A couple of things. I mean, I could have gone any number of directions with this on Kanye. Um, but this is what I wanted to talk about. And then I'm actually going to go into another one, that the, twi- the tweet I didn't pull up, but um, I'll get into it and read it. I mean, Kanye has just been, you know, something, and, and not that we haven't been divided uh, as of late in evangelicalism, but again, this come up. So e- white evangelicals, I mean, just stop right there. Just stop. What? Why the why the distinction? You look down in, in number two, he says, I value unity. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or else you wouldn't have had a, a divisive term in the beginning. Why can't it just be evangelicals? Let's let's again, we can do this entire tweet, we can make this entire point without pointing out the fact of white evangelicals. What if there's a black evangelical who's never reviewed a gospel or a rap album in the past? So again, I haven't even read the entire thing because I can't get that far. White evangelicals, let's have a clean fight. Okay, you're already starting off on a bad note. And again, I'm 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 guilty of this myself sometimes. I, I've I've posted out some some uh, triggering tweets intended, obviously intended for this kind of a response. You you're asking for a fight. Here it is, man. Here it is. I notice there's a lot of y'all giving rave reviews to Jesus is King because it's a great album. And white people can like it too. White evangelicals can like it too. Number two, I value unity. No, you don't. But know that that requires everyone to stay in their lane. Well, if, if there's a lane, then you ain't talking about unity. If my lane has to be over here and your lane is over here, we ain't got unity. You are literally making divisive statements while saying you value unity. Ain't nothing like a like a blatant hypocrite. Right? Three, I'd prefer that if you've never reviewed a gospel or rap album before this, don't start now. Well, I have reviewed plenty. And I will be reviewing Kanye. Wait an hour. It's going to come out. Maybe a half an hour from now. When this, one, the, when this episode drops... Uh, within 30 minutes, I think I'll, I'll probably schedule my Kanye review of, of G- Jesus is King to drop. And I apologize to a couple other guys that I haven't gotten to review their albums yet. Ishan and, and Zion. 
I, I haven't reviewed your y'all's album yet, but they're coming. I, I got reviews for you. I love both of those albums. A little bit of a, dis, uh, a disagreement with Zion on his, but it's coming. So stay tuned. Unsolicited will be dropping in about a half an hour. But I've, I've, I've reviewed lots of them. But what happened? What, what about if there's a, a black evangelical that's never reviewed a gospel or a rap album that decides today that he wants to, to create his own podcast, good for you, man, and review Kanye's album because he's got something to say about it. Are you going to tell him the same thing? If you never reviewed a gospel or a rap album, don't start now. Or is it because he's black, he gets he, he gets a pass. He gets, to, he gets to review stuff. But white evangelicals, this is a problem that I got. We got to stop dividing like this. This, this is... You can't say I value unity and start out with the with the division of white evangelicals. And I've kept my mouth shut pretty much a long time on this, but this one just this pushed me over the edge, man. I, I a couple of issues today that I've stayed silent on for a long time that today I don't know what it was today. Maybe it was the fact that I went to ReformCon and and got fired up about interacting in the public square. And I just I yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. If we're going to have this conversation, let's do it. But I am fired up, man. Don't do this. Don't come up like this and, and, and just start talking about I value unity and start out with white evangelicals and telling people to stay in their lane. <coughs> That's not unity, man. I don't know who you are, Jordan. And I, I mean... If, this just pushed me over the edge. I prefer. What's the difference in this between shut up and dribble? Right? Stay in your lane. Shut up and dribble. Do your thing. Don't do our thing. We're different. We're separate. I value unity. This is BS, man. You don't value. You don't value unity. You wanted to fight. You just said it. Well, here it is. I'm bringing it, man. I, I've been I've been hit, listening to hip hop since. I mean, you look like you're probably the same age. So as long as you have, you might be a little older than me. I don't know. <coughs> I mean, I came up on KRS One and and Grandmaster Flash and and all those guys back in the day. I mean, I I was listening to Sugar Hill Gang. I mean, they. I was I was little. <laughs> I was real little. But I mean I've been listening to hip hop. I've been listening to rap since since it started. I mean, I remember five years old breakdancing on the street corner with guys that I went and sold candy with. And them teaching me how to breakdance at five, six years old. Yeah, I was out selling candy in Salt Lake City, Utah at five years old, man. Real talk, true story. Maybe I was six. I don't know. Somewhere around in there. I was I was way too young to have been out there walking around carrying a box of candy, selling it. But man, I met some of the coolest guys. Couldn't tell you their names today. But man, those guys, they black kids that took me under their wing that just saw me as another guy out there trying to make a dollar with them. Taught me how to break dance. Taught me, taught me all about the music that they love. Turned me on to, to New Edition. You know, first time I ever heard can, Candy Girl. So, I mean, and I've been, I've been, 
I've been listening to this stuff for, for years and I've been reviewing this stuff for years. So I guess I get, I get a, 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 I get a pass, right? I've, I've done it before. I've done plenty of them. Go back through unsolicited and then go back through. I mean, my, the first one on my podcast that I reviewed was childish Gambino. Most viewed video on my, on my channel. Probably somewhere around 3,000 views now. So I get a pass, but the other, the other white evangelicals don't. Maybe I don't even get a pass. Maybe I just, you know, maybe my CHH card just got revoked. I'll go back to my, to my boys at Wrath and Grace and get a new one later. Buy some in bulk. But this is ridiculous, man. And this is, this is again, I have set, stated this since MLK 50. And I, and unfortunately, I've, and I said race was going to be the big divider um, in evangelicalism, but it's just social justice, period. Because we're going to get into it in the next one too. But this is there, there is this this huge divider happening in evangelicalism, and it I, I, it pains me to see it. I mean, I got men that I I respect. So much. James White, Tabidi Anyabwile, um, Eric Mason, uh, Vody Balcom, John MacArthur, uh, Matt Chandler, you know, all these guys, and, and they're, they're on opposite sides of this chasm that is being caused by stuff like this. I mean, literally, this could have been, and I would have had no problem with it if you had taken White out of this. And the whole stay in your lane thing, you know, if you had just said evangelicals, let's have a clean fight. I notice there's a lot of y'all giving rave reviews to Jesus is King. I value unity, but I'd prefer that if you never reviewed a gospel album before this, don't start now. I'd have no problem with that. Again, I don't think it's true. I think if you, if just today, if you never reviewed a gospel album, but you listened to Kanye and it inspired you enough to make a video on YouTube or give a review on Twitter or write a blog post or whatever, go for it. Because that was a great album and it's inspiring to a lot of people. And Kanye, man. Again, and this is going to take me into the next thing that I didn't take think of, but I didn't post the tweet for, but somebody you know i'm to so tired i've had this conversation so much and and i was guilty of it initially initially i came out and said you know i'm skeptical of my man kanye and this whole conversion thing and these sunday services and stuff like that and that was until one i heard that he had adam tyson out there in detroit with him and heard that adam was a, a reformed preacher and stuff like that i didn't actually listen but then a week or so later maybe two weeks later Kanye showed up in my state, Salt Lake City, and I went. And I heard the man talk. I heard the man pray. And I walked out of there repentant for the fact that I had ever doubted his conversion. I mean, and again, there's nothing wrong with being skeptical. I mean, we, we look back at the history of the church and people were trying to sneak in and wolves will sneak in and stuff like that. But man, I mean, we don't do this to the average Joe on the street. 
you know, dude walks into your church off of the off of the street that you've never seen before, comes in, sits down, hears an amazing sermon and gets saved and comes up and prays with an elder. Do we go, okay, well, we'll just wait. We'll just sit back and wait until we see fruit. No, we rejoice with that brother. We pray for that brother. We begin to disciple that brother. Now, granted, we I, I'm not going to get a chance to disciple Kanye. Adam is doing a great job of that. Pastor Tyson is doing a phenomenal job. I'm not ever going to get to disciple Kanye. So maybe, yeah, maybe I should sit back and go, well, I'm not, I'm skeptical. I've heard his story from Adam Tyson. I've heard him speak. I've heard his album. And I am convinced that this brother is saved. And at this point, we have just got to pray that he grows in the faith but I tweeted it out today. There are so many Christians out there who are working really hard to be the thorns that choke out the seed that has been planted in our brother Kanye. We need to stop and just pray that, that he grows in his faith and is discipled to the point that he can produce grain 30, 60, or 100 fold to maintain with the, the parable of the sower. We need to quit. Be, you know, Again, I... I'm okay with some people being skeptical, but at what point in time? You know, it's been five, six months now. And we've seen just repeatedly over and over the man is making good decisions. He's talking on, you know, he goes on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy says, are you a Christian artist now? I'm a Christian everything. Other article, other interviews where he's railing against abortion. You know, he's not out there preaching on his own. He's not out there giving the message himself. He's bringing good, solid, theological, qualified preachers to come and preach the word. At what point do we go, okay, I'm no longer skeptical. I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm praying for you. You know, I'm, I'm in my review, the, the song that he did hands on. I mean, some of the lyrics to that thing. He's talking about, you know, what are you going to hear from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me. Making like a nobody loves me, something to that effect. Well, one, Kanye, it's our job as Christians to, to judge those in the church. And if we are judging Kanye, that means we consider him to be in the body. Because that's what we do. God has already judged those who are outside the body. We preach the gospel to them. But if you are going to judge this man, you are right now you are acknowledging that he is inside the body because that's what the word says. And if you don't acknowledge that he's inside the body, then you need to stop. Right? I mean, that's scriptural. That's what the word says. I mean, we can judge actions and so on. But if we're going to determine whether somebody is saved or not, that's, that's what we do for people who are in the body. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that Kanye is in the body. We got to come to a point sometime. You know, again, the, the tweet was about Justin, Justin Peters, and I love you, Justin. I seriously doubt you're ever going to watch this. But I have been, been inspired and encouraged and blessed by your ministry. But at some point in time, we got to stop being skeptical. And we got to say Kanye is our brother in Christ, and now we are going to pray for him. And maybe he falls. Maybe we're all wrong. And maybe he was. Uh, maybe a year from now, he goes into heresy land. And, and we have to step back and go, well, okay. But for this point right now, I mean, I think of other guys that 
Sean McCraney came out of Mormonism, got saved, had a show, had a ministry, baptized people, did all this stuff. Dude is a heretic now. But we weren't skeptical back then. Nobody was going, well, we'll got to sit back and wait until Sean McCraney, until we find out what he's all about. There ain't nobody out there going, I told you so, so about Sean McCraney. Same thing, Lee Baker just debated Dr. White not too long ago. Came out of Mormonism, became an evangelical, and now he's off in some weird Jewish freaky thing. Nobody six months ago was going, well, let's sit back and wait. We'll sit back and watch. In the last four months, I've had multiple guys in six months, seven months, but multiple guys in our church, two of them that I baptized, that have come out of Mormonism and gotten saved. Not once have I said, well, I'm just going to sit back and wait. See if you produce some fruit. Why do we do that with Kanye? It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, and again, I was guilty of it for the first little bit. I was, I was the same way. I said, I got to sit back and wait until I watched. And I lit, well, I didn't watch. I never saw Kanye in Salt Lake City. There were too many people there. I never actually got to see him specifically. But man, I heard the message that Adam preached. I heard the prayer that he prayed, even though he did get sidetracked in the middle of it. And talked a little bit about Donald Trump and Democrats and Republicans and stuff like that. But I heard that man say, I heard him say, you know, that they, they, used, they said that I was crazy because I posted a hundred images a minute on social media. Because that's how I thought. But worshiping Jesus Christ is how I got my mind back. Worshiping Jesus Christ is how I got my life back. Those are Kanye's words. And then I talked to a guy who was in a gang. And obviously the Holy Spirit was doing something with him. I can't say for sure that he's saved. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic though. And for Ramon, who I prayed with and told him to go home and read the Gospel of John and Ephesians 2. I'm not saying, well, we'll sit back and wait. We'll see what kind of fruit he bears. If, he, if I meet him again on the street today and he comes to me and says he got saved, I'm going to praise God and I'm going to do everything I can to disciple that brother. Why do we do it with Kanye? Now, I know I understand. We've got a whole list of celebrities that have, have claimed to be Christians that have gone off the rails. Miley Cyrus, Charlie Sheen, Beyonce, you know, Justin Bieber, whoever. But, again... Do we, do we do that with the plumber down the street? Well, you know, you say you're saved, but I've known six or seven other plumbers that they said they got saved too, and they're, they're now they're all Mormon and Muslim or whatever. We don't do that. Why are we doing it to Kanye? And again, I'm if you're going to be skeptical, okay, great. Be that way. I would encourage you to no longer be skeptical because I'm convinced but my, my biggest problem is, is with there's so many people out there on Twitter right now that are saying absolutely he is not saved. One of the greatest tweets I've seen in the last couple of days is somebody posts up there, you know, Kanye West says he's saved. Do you know who his wife is? Do you know what he's done? You know, that's the, the, the Christian response. 
Well, there was another kind of somewhat situation back in Jesus's day. Prostitute comes in, washes Jesus's feet with her hair, with her tears in her hair. And the Pharisees said, do you know who she is? Do you know who she slept with? Are we really going to stand in this, in the, in the, the, the place of the Pharisee and not give our brother the, the benefit of the doubt and just pray for him to grow? Why? What, what does it, what does it purpose us to sit back and just be skeptics? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, I, I've seen plenty of fruit that is, is convincing that our brother is saved. And now we just got to pray for him. And that brings me to the last thing that we're going to talk about today. And something, again, I've been silent on this. I have not, you know, got in, stuck my foot in. I, I did a review of of the founders, uh, the, the, the trailer of By What Standard a couple months back. I talked about it a little bit. I talked about the intentionality and so on. And this is where Rachel Den Hall, I mean, she got famous in the fact that I, I give her so much credit and I so much respect for her when she stood up in that courtroom and she gave her victim statement and she preached the gospel to the monster that molested her, abused her, assaulted her, give it the, give it a proper term assault. Let's not, let's not water down the terminologies. The man assaulted her, sexually assaulted her and, I think it was a hundred others. It might have been less than that, but I, I want to say it's just been a while since the numbers. I just, you know, hundreds of girls, maybe not hundreds, over hundreds, dozens of girls. Let's call it that. That this man abused, and she stood up and she she confronted him and she preached the gospel to him. And this is when she became, you know, just spotlight. And I respected her for that. And I still, I still have respect for that. But this, I can't abide and I can't stay silent anymore. Pastors, where are you? You who preach the requirements for pastors, where are you now? You who teach that if only women would submit and, lead, and men lead, abuse would be solved. Where are you? You who laughed at a female teacher being told to go home, where are you? And this is in response to um, an article about Pastor Andy Savage, and I, I shouldn't call him Pastor Andy Savage. Pardon me for misspeaking. He's not a pastor because he's not qualified. Who sexually assaulted a teen girl he was pastoring is starting a new church. So in response to that, she brings up this whole other thing. She's conflating two issues that have nothing to do with each other. Yes, this man is disqualified as a pastor. He is disqualified as an elder. But that has nothing to do with John MacArthur and calling on telling Beth Moore to go home because she's not qualified to be a pastor. You're conflating two issues that have nothing to do with each other. And I was disgusted by this tweet because it's emotionally manipulative and it's assumptive of something that she doesn't have proof for. You who, who preach your requirements and obviously, you know, the, the comment about go home, she's talking about John MacArthur. And those who laugh, she's talking about Toby Sumter. She's talking about Doug Wilson. She's talking about James White and a myriad of other pastors who have who've said, I agree with what John MacArthur said. Now, I did it. I talked about it last week. And I said, 
I would have chosen different words, but I agree with the premise. I think today I probably wouldn't have chosen different words. I'd have said the same thing, go home. And I think I need to say it to Rachel, go home. Because this is disgusting. This is, this is implying that these men who have called Beth Moore to, to adhere to the biblical standard of, of eldership and, and preaching of the word, that you're saying that these men are not abhorrent of what this man did? I guarantee you to a man, every one of those guys that I mentioned, every pastor that was at ReformCon this last week would call on this man, Andy Savage, to step down, to repent and not go anywhere near a church plant, not go anywhere near a pulpit, and should would also all proclaim that he should be in jail. He should be serving time in jail. And I don't know how long ago it was that he assaulted this girl. And I don't know how long of a sentence he should get, but maybe he'd be at the point where he'd get out now. But I don't think he should get out for a long period of time. I, and I guarantee you, every one of those other men. And so this is just her, her way of taking a cheap shot at the guys who told Beth Moore to go home to conflate two issues that have nothing to do with each other. Andy Savage molesting a girl, assaulting a girl, and Beth Moore exercising authority over men in a Sunday morning pulpit have nothing to do with each other. But yet she's conflating them. She's emotionally manipulating people into this. And, and again, it's just widening the divide for no good reason. Again, I never heard of Andy Savage until today. Maybe maybe this was a big thing, and maybe these other guys know about it, but I would probably bet that Dr. White, Dr. MacArthur, Toby, Doug, Gabe Wrench, Chuck Knox, anybody, Jeff Durbin, Luke, Zach, none of these guys have heard of this dude. So, and, and again, here's the thing. If every one of these men, two of one, stand up and say, Andy Savage, you are not qualified to be a pastor. You need to step down. If they went to this church that he's building and chained themselves to the door and blocked him from walking in, tackled him on the way to the pulpit, Rachel, would you listen to them on the, on the, the topic of Beth Moore? No, you wouldn't. You would still refuse to adhere to the biblical standards for, for someone like Beth Moore. So again, this is pointless. This is a pointless, emotional, manipulative piece of garbage that shouldn't even be out there. And other than that, I don't have any strong thoughts about it. So there you go. Norm's rant for the day, and maybe ReformCon has just fired me up to the point that I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not pulling punches anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna remain silent on stuff like this. I'm watching my church. I'm watching my fellow believers torn apart. I'm watching the body of Christ literally ripped apart from the inside, and it's painful. It's painful to watch. And again, I don't see any fault on this on on the side of John MacArthur. He could have chosen better words, granted, yeah. Maybe go home was a, a little too too pointed of a statement. 
but again his his biblical theology and his standard of of what is the qualifications for a a a preacher and a teacher of the word is <laughs> is above reproach you can't tell him he's wrong it's true it's biblical it's right there you know so it, it it's just hard to sit here and watch it it's hard to sit here and, and again you know to have to come somebody that I had such praise for months ago who had done something so amazing and preached a gospel so clear to be here and so divisive you looked in the face of a man who had abused you and a hundred other people and you preached to him the gospel and you extended the, the word of grace to him but you can't extend grace to your brothers who are far removed from a situation that they have nothing to do with people stood up and gave praise to a man who who may have cheated on his wife and done so many other things but yet they can't extend grace to their brothers with slightly less melanin in their skin who had nothing to do with anything that happened 50 or 400 years ago the answer to all of it again is to come back to the simple gospel that Jesus has saved sinners and that we are the body of Christ. We are not white evangelicals or black evangelicals or white church or black church or male or female. Paul says it. There's neither Greek nor Jew, free or slave, male or female. We are all one in the body of Christ. And that all comes down because of the gospel that God has chosen those that he's going to save. And we are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And Jesus prayed, Father, that they would be one as you and I are one. And we are literally tearing each other apart. I mean, literally, there are people that are shaking their fists at Jesus' prayer for unity. Because of a political stance or a skin color. Now, I'm not saying there's not issues of abuse in the church. And there's not issues of race in the, in the church and in the world. But Jesus, the, the word says, there is therefore no condemnation. Paul said it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But yet we continue to condemn each other. And there's guilt on both sides. I mean, in most of this, I, I, I agree with, with one side. But there's guilt on both sides. I'm not guiltless in any of this. I've probably said things that I shouldn't. Maybe even the last 39 minutes I've said things that I shouldn't. But these are my convictions. And I'm ho hoping that I'm striving for some unity. And I'm hoping that this, that again, that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can bring unity. That we can stop smacking each other down. You know, God forgive me if I've said anything uh, that violates your word. Forgive me. Point it out and I'll, if you can, literally, if you can take this and point out where I'm wrong, then I'll repent. I've done it before. But I don't think, I don't think I am. 
think I'm, I'm, I think I'm standing on the truth of God's word. And it all comes back to preaching the gospel. And we have got to preach the gospel at all times, y'all. And we have got to use words because they are so necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.